everyone, and welcome back to So Emo I Fell Apart, a podcast dedicated to all things emo and pop punk for the naughty yachties. And today, I'm one of your hosts, Rhea. I'm one of your other hosts, Chloe. And what are we getting into today, Chloe? Today, we are just doing a cheeky little year-end wrap-up, a casual chat before we get back into the fucking Brendan Yuri mines next week. <laughs> uh, I, I, We just both have had enough of talking about that man for the time being, so. The fact, I... Four episodes in a row dedicated to fucking Panic the Disco. We need a break. Yeah. Like, there are artists that I could talk about forever. He's not one of them. Yeah. Like, we're now spending more time talking about Brendan Yuri as a singular entity ruining his own life and music career and legacy than, like, the part of Panic the Disco I enjoy because about. <laughs> the part of Panic the, Dis- the Disco that was good and that deserves to be preserved was like five minutes long. And meanwhile, the the fall of Brendan Yuri is taking. It's basically the fall of the Roman Empire. It happens slowly and then all at once. <laughs> yeah, but like still too fucking slowly. Yeah. So uh, it's like we're gonna do something like casual before we get back to talking about that man yeah so um but before we get into just like shooting the shit whatever this is our obligatory plea to please please give us a review over on your podcatcher of choice i know that spotify doesn't allow for written comments so spotify is your easiest like takes you five seconds to give us a couple stars we would love five but if you think we deserve four or three you're welcome to voice that opinion but we think that we have a five star podcast. Um, <laughs> Freedom of and, speech is alive and well. You can you can yeah, feel however you want. Yeah, you're allowed to have opinions. Um, but if you have time to leave a written review over on Apple, I also don't know what other podcaster allows us you to write a review. But write us your review if you write it. Like we do, literally see it. So it's it makes us feel good. That we're not just, like, screaming into the void mm-hmm. <laughs> about this stuff. Um, but also, like, leaving a review and everything does boost our reach in the podcasting space. And it makes us more likely to get new listeners and, like, grow this little project that we have going on here. Um, additionally, share it and tell people about us. And those are, like, the best two things to, like, to give us as a gift for the holiday season. I know Hanukkah is over, but Christmas is soon. I celebrate both. So... If you want to do that for us, <laughs> that'd be pretty solid. You have to tell eight of your friends for Rhea for Hanukkah, <laughs> and then you have to tell one more for each of us for Christmas. Yeah. So eight, you have to share with eight of your friends. We'll do that. And then you have to either leave us stars on Spotify or twofold and write us a review on Apple. Yeah. That's, that's your Christmas Hanukkah present to us. And that's how you won't get coal in your stocking from Santa. Is there a Hanukkah equivalent of coal in your stocking? Or is it just... Nope, absolutely yeah. fuck not. I mean, no, that makes sense. Like, it I mean, is there's... such an unimportant holiday on the calendar. <laughs> but there's also, like, there's not hell in Judaism, right? So, no. like, it makes sense no. that there also wouldn't be coal See, in your stocking. That's... That's why Christians are mad at us because we're the chosen ones and we don't have we don't have the concept of hell and we're not going there. That's a, that's a thing that you guys invented. So. It is, and it's funny they really started out like you know that uh, that Limmy tweet where he's like, I think everyone should be born canceled and have to spend the rest of their life walking it back. Like that's <laughs> that's Christianity. That's, that's Christianity. <laughs> we are all of us born canceled. 
Uh, so by default, we're going to hell. I, my mom actually, <laughs> when I was a baby, got in a fight with one of her neighbors because she came over and was like, if you don't get that kid baptized soon, like, she will go to hell when she dies. And my mom just, like, closed the door in her face because she was like, girl, this is a baby. But, like, <laughs> like the audacity of that? I know. I know. It's anytime I talk to, I work with a lot of Muslim people and any so often one of them will mention something like, oh, well, like, of course dogs go to heaven. And I'm like, oh, no, dogs don't go to heaven. And they're horrified. And like, we'll be like, I don't want to disrespect your religion. I'm like, it's not my religion. And also disrespect it as much as you want. Like, frankly, they've had too much free reign. (laughs) Like they could used to be taken down a peg. But like, yeah, dogs don't go to heaven. Babies don't go to heaven. It's... (laughs) It's bad, dude. Fucking, we cannot get into Abrahamic religions this at this top of the podcast. It's but we've been are, five but we minutes. Already, we already have. It's too late. Um, <laughs> that's what we're. That's it's this now. <laughs> this is our religion <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, like eh, it's not going to be our religion in. content. It's. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about MCR, so it's going to be a, a little bit Catholic for like another five minutes at least. Oh, but, for sure. But we can wait. Yeah, we're going to get to that in, like, a hot second. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, we're just going to, like, freeform roll this out. We have uh, – the topic list that we have in our Google Doc right now, I don't know if you've seen the meme of, or, like, not necessarily the meme, but, like, the popular tweet of the girl who posts her dad's, like, he and his friends meet up at the bar, like, once a week. <laughs> and, like, he brings a list of topics for them to discuss, like, mm-hmm. meeting notes, so they don't run out of things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> or they don't talk about the same things. And it's, like – mortgage loan payments the bears yeah the chicago bears like streaming costs are too high now and like (laughs) that's what this feels like our stupid little list of Uh things we we might talk about (laughs) all right where do we want to start i I guess the top of our list which is that fall boy is going on tour again yeah slash they're doing the um like eastern hemisphere leg of tour dust which yes. has been those bitches affectionate <laughs> have been getting all the good fucking eight ball songs. Yeah. The uh the and eight it ball feels songs like uh like smack in the face a little bit. Frankly, sure, the fact- we got Pavlov, but <laughs> Yes, but the fact that uh so much for Stardust the song got debuted in like the fucking UK of all places. Mm-mm. And they don't deserve shit there. Mm-mm. No. That was either for Chicago or for last day of the American leg, because I was at that show. That was for me. I would have accepted it if the Philippines got it, because yeah, that crowd cool seemed that. crazy. Like The Philippines brings it for, like, fucking every act that comes there. It's like, genuinely, like, in terms of, like, audience power, Brazil and the Philippines have, like, such intense audiences and mexico because the festival that mcr did in mexico that audience was wild like i don't i don't know what it is i don't know what happens i don't know if it is scarcity of artists getting there i don't know if it is a cultural thing that i'm not privy to but like i look at those shows and i'm like these audiences know how to fucking go to a show yeah like i mostly know what philip like the filipino audiences are like because of uh, K-pop. Mm-hmm. And they turn it. They bring it every single tour date that happens there. So if you guys are from any of those countries who just listened and want to explain to us in a tweet, add us at So Emo Pod. 
Like, what's happening? Are you are you just built different? Are you just better? Yeah. Like, like I, I have a badge of pride about, like, Jersey shows. Like, we bring the fucking, like, party every single time. And, like, that's why bands love playing at our shitty little venues here. Mm-hmm. Because we're better than everyone. But we have nothing on, like, Brazil. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I, I want to go to a show in Brazil one day. Like, just to... Actually, yeah. Because I bet that it's just so fucking fun. And, like, I one or time went Mexico to a City show... One. I would love to a Mexico City one. I went to a Fall Out Boy show in Toronto where, like, someone up by the barricade had a Brazilian flag. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> you know what's fucking up. <laughs> like, instead of saying come to Brazil, you were like, I'm coming to you. Brazil will and come I'm, to you. <laughs> Brazil is here tonight. And I am your problem. Um, Yeah, the 8-Ball song for the Philippines show at uh Araneta Coliseum was sophomore slumber comeback of the year like the full song which I'll, i want to eat my toes yeah i like just munch them off yeah one uh, metacarpal at a time <laughs> a friend of mine was at that show and uh posted a picture of the set list and like you know how they'll have like coded names or whatever for songs especially the eight ball yeah. songs the coded name for sophomore slump was just ah exactly like, yeah exactly i'm j- I'm just screaming ah that's me screaming like i see that i'm just like because ah! like, we got like a second of that and i was like and I, I fell st- so far it was like stop playing it stop playing it i can't do it like no <laughs> oh it, it, that's uh, a good song it, it's my favorite like it's one of my favorite fall boy songs like we i we were lucky enough that like at the two shows that we went to they played basically my top like at, if it was a full song like a little bit of it Played like my top five favorite Fall Out Boy songs, mm-hmm. but I deserve to have heard "Sophomore Slump" in full. Yeah, but I am glad that it happened to my friend Juno, if not to me. Yeah, it happened to you by proxy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we share successes. That's the thing. Exactly. What else is going on with Fall Out Boy? Oh, and like speaking of Pavlov, uh, it's now on Spotify. It is, um, and it was like climbing the charts too. Like they were playing it. Like they on- literally charted it. <laughs> charted this fucking demo from 2008 just because of how much people wanted to listen to it again it was kind of weird to see like the younger generation of like emo and pop punk fans like coming in there and like speaking like k-pop stands do like trying to get things charting and like the charts matter and i'm like this feels weird (laughs) this feels bad it's it's very different from i don't know just how it used to be because it would be like oh they played it on mtv at all cool but that also wasn't like the be all end all because like once something was on youtube and you could just see it whenever you wanted it was like why do i give a shit if mtv is playing it like exactly I'm listening to this on my MP3 player or I'm listening to this on the CD that I have. Like, it doesn't matter to me how many streams it has. Like, that's a very recent thing. But, like, it is still cool to me that, like, this audience is big enough and dedicated enough and wanted to hear this song bad enough that, like, it charted just because of, like, I, I like to believe that it wasn't people who were like, oh, let's, like, inflate the streaming numbers like i like to think yeah, that it was just really people being like oh organic. fuck i love this song and i want to listen to it over and over and over which i'm i'm going to live in the reality that that's what happened and not the other option because you, you know as i mentioned on this podcast yeah i'm in the k-pop space your faves are not doing that well those are artificially inflated numbers no one is listening to them this much 
So whenever I see people mentioning like streaming numbers and I'm like, I want to blow my brains out. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, guys, that's made up. That doesn't matter. Nobody gives a shit. No. But then after, is, is Fall Boy all done in? Of course they're not. Uh, no, no. I mean like for this, for this year and like the other portion of the For this year? I don't know if they still have dates on this tour, actually. I know that they just did a shoot for uh, Billboard Philippines. Mm-hmm. that photo shoot is crazy i mean when i say they i mean pete and patrick because like that's <laughs> the only two members of this band who ever show up to photo shoots but it's it's a very good photo shoot they're both styled really well i love it when mm-hmm. they put patrick in an outfit like we're bringing it back yeah i just feel like stylists do not go as crazy with patrick as they do with pete for you know whatever reason we we know why we know why but, like but, like, they put him in a fucking outfit for this one. So, like, thank you for putting him in cool pants and a cool Thanks jacket. For vision. And a bunch of chains. Thank you for putting Pete in these little high-heeled cowboy boots. I saw a picture of this shoot for the first time when it was just Pete posting a picture of, like, them from, like, the waist down. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see anyone's faces. Fully thought it was Pete with his wife. Because <laughs> I, all I can see is, like, these, like, cunty little jeans and, like, heeled cowboy boots. And I was like, Those oh, are his hooves. I was like, that's Megan, obviously. No, that's Peter. Um, With his hooves. Those are his hooves. <laughs> and Patrick is in these, like, really nice floral pants um, that are beautiful. Love them. They both look great. I I love to see them dressed up. I love to see them posing. I like uh, when photoshoots get a little nutty because, like, I'm used to seeing that, again, in K-pop with like constant like idols being put into more conceptual style outfits that when it comes to my 40 year old men who are still playing songs they wrote when they're 16 mm-hmm. um when they get that treatment i'm like oh yeah you guys gotta have fun too <laughs> i gotta have fun they also um i saw a post of this shoot like juxtaposed with some of their older shoots um there's one shot from this uh, spread that they did where it's like Patrick standing with his arms out in front of Pete like he's like guarding him and it's like compared to like an older photo of Pete standing in front of Patrick with his arms out and it's like uh, uh. like that fucking like that quote about how they work well as a team because Patrick sings and Pete writes lyrics so they both get to hide behind the other person a little bit mm. and not have to feel too vulnerable it's fun to me when like the photo shoot this microphone literally play with that and have them hide behind the other like it just works Ugh, it's good oh this did remind me of um this tweet i saw my for you page last night on twitter which i don't know why i go on there it's either i have fun or i get pissed off whatever i saw someone like quote retweet this picture of fallout boy from a couple years ago i think like way back when they were still like doing photo shirts and like press opportunities more often mm-hmm. and it was like they always dress up Pete and Joe like vampires and Patrick and Andy like werewolves. And like, that's just, they're just so coded so that way. True. <laughs> like, so true. But someone was saying this, like, it was new information. And I'm like, clearly you were not on the same part of the internet that I was. Yeah. A long time ago. You and this was just on livejournal.com going through live journal user Divi's journal, reading the sacrifice of life fucking religiously like I was. Right? Um, Dude, that, you sent me the copy of that. It's still sitting in my email. I'm never yeah. deleting that from my inbox, so I know where it is all the time. It's one of those things where I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to read it again, but I do just have I it. I need to have it's it. It's just like a sacred text. I can't get rid of it. Oh, it's like I'm um, carried in my heart. 
Yeah. Or I carry it in your heart. Or, it's like that thing. If yeah. you know what that is, then you know what it is. I'm not about to explain it to you on this podcast. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Yeah, you know. The uh, like, it, proto red, white, and royal blue. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We already mm-hmm. took the heart stance like, like at the beginning of this stuff. We were never going to like talk about like fake yeah. stuff. But let's be real. Yeah. Um, let's be honest. Yeah, we all know. We all know. They're, they're a half vampire, half werewolf band. That's yeah. why they work. Because they're reaching across the aisle. Ev, like the 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 way the quote tweet quote retweet was phrased, I was like, "Oh, you think that you're saying something new? <laughs> <laughs> this is just a fact that we've all known for years." Yeah, like okay, <laughs> Pete and Joe are vampires. Patrick and Andy are werewolves. We know this is the way. The, this is how the universe works. Like yeah, whatever. But Fall Boy will not be done with Tortoise at the end of this year because they are what going on. Too much for tea, tour dust, part two, electric boogaloo. Yeah. Of which we will be going. I think we've probably mentioned in like a previous episode that we're going to be going. We're going to the yes. Madison Square Garden show. Yeah. Uh, which, which I'm so stoked for. Me too, because then uh, I will not have to drive to PNC Bank Center. Yeah. Or Camden. Exactly. <laughs> we can get there via fucking transit. It's going to be easy as hell. Yep. Um, um, and also, the only other time I've been to Madison Square Garden was for Super M. And I was like all oh. the way up in the nosebleeds for Super M. Uh, so I'm excited. And that was my first time at Madison Square Garden. So I'm excited to go again and like be in a normal part of the venue. Genuinely, what I wouldn't give to see Jopping performed live at Madison Square Garden, I would probably kill someone. It was it <laughs> was really good. I have videos of it. <laughs> but what was better, like honestly, that short sure, Jopping she's everything yeah but it was when uh ten and taeyong came out for baby don't stop i had <laughs> never heard a crowd be that loud in my entire life and i've been going to shows now for <laughs> the better part of my life now nothing i have never heard anything like that maybe I, mean, I was i was up good. so high so like just like how the the acoustics work there and like you know sound science that it just sounds louder once you're higher up yeah but it was like fuck. I'll send you the video later. No, okay. fuck. I'll, I might even put it on the Twitter, being like, "Yeah, this is what I was talking about this episode." It's buck wild. I um, so I'm excited. To- <laughs> I was at a wedding this year where we played Jopping. We strong armed the DJ into playing Jopping, and I've never seen a wedding audience. What's the word for people at a wedding? Guests? I don't know. Yes, I've never seen a group of wedding goers go crazier than when Jopping came on in that venue just like we lost it like the girls were jumping and popping i'm so excited for whenever i get married and it's gonna be the playlist of all the stuff that i want to listen to mm-hmm. and, and all my friends are fucking k-poppies at this point that it's gonna be so good it's gonna be like a k-pop night at a club yeah but like, a wedding yeah it's genuinely just like the k-pop slash emo night at a wedding and it and i'm like i i'm good now i don't ever have to do this ever again Mm -hmm. because i know that i had the best one exactly everyone just shut up don't do it anymore so but that'll be super duper exciting fall boy master square garden that'll be the next time i see you yeah and if they don't play so much for stardust i will die for real yeah so words will be had yeah and then what else happened that we haven't really talked about because we've been talking about brendan yuri for like (laughs) what feels like six months of our lives at this point um mcr played the last shows of their tour which i don't think had an official name we were calling it the swarm tour i think but i don't know if it was officially called that they played the last dates of that show 
in New Zealand and in Japan, Gerard dressed as like a sexy evil secretary covered in blood. Classic. Incredibly good. Just incredibly good stuff. And we definitely wanted to get to talking about the fall, uh, the My Chemical Romance tour this past year of So Emo I Fell Apart. But like, we've been talking about writing like a proper almost like book about yeah <laughs> like that tour together. So like that is going to be a series of episodes that will be coming Eventually. next year for sure. And now that we're going to be switching to a weekly schedule, the likelihood of getting to that faster will be there. So. Yeah. so I'm very excited to talk about those outfits and the design and the thought that went into them and mm-hmm. a discussion that I've seen a lot among my chem fans, which is like, does this count as drag? Does this count as, uh, I don't know, cross-dressing? Or is this just like normal outfits? Like what makes yeah. us think that this might be drag versus what makes us think that this outfit is not drag? Because I... Like, not to get too into it, I can remember when Gerard came out in the, like, casino, like, jacket, the fucking, like, gold jacket and the little yeah. drawn-on mustache. I can remember turning to you and saying, like, that's drag. You, literally. Like, we've had the, had the exact same thought of, like, oh, yeah. okay. And that, like, this is the first time drag has actually been on do- done on this tour. Yeah. And then, you know, coming online later and seeing that, like, so much of the fan base was, like, on the same page with that they were like this was drag like the cheerleader dress the nurse dress those were not drag this is drag Mm -hmm. like those were costumes and yeah like like and you know and hearing gerard address the audience and saying like i see your costumes and then saying like are they costumes or like is it just what you're wearing you know and it's like oh that's interesting like is what you're wearing a costume or is this just like what makes us think that it's a costume versus just your outfit you know And that just gets us into, like, costume history and and fashion history and, like, that general discussion as well, which is a thing that, like, I'm super-duper interested in. Yeah. So, you guys can anticipate. There were outfits on that show that were, like, this is a normal outfit, but it's also so obviously recognizable as you're dressing up as something versus, like... this is referential to something. Yeah. Versus, like, the outfits that someone may have conceived of as a costume, but that, like for Gerard to be wearing is also just like, that's just what Gerard wears, you know? Yeah. Like the bat outfit to me was just like, that's just how Gerard ah, dresses. But like, <laughs> and then and then there's also the, the case of like, um, when he just wore the button down shirt and like jeans. And then everyone's like, Oh, he's not in costume tonight. And then we found out that like, he had a concept of like, he had like a character for this for. guy. Yeah. So, and even then it's like, okay, so what we've seen is plain clothes, if there's a story involved that is fabricated, does that then qual like quantify it as a costume? Yeah. Like I or something I, else. <laughs> like I want to save it for a proper episode on it, but I'm also just like so fascinated by the idea of Gerard showing up and everyone being like, "Oh, he's just dressing as normal Gerard today." And then you find out hours later from a friend of his who helped him get dressed that day that it's like, "No, this was Gerard putting on like a man costume." Mm-hmm. Like this isn't Gerard dressing as himself. This is Gerard dressing up as a man that he has invented. So, like, yeah. this is still him doing gender in a way, you know? Exactly. But we're going to have it's gonna so much fun with that. It's going to take us so long, and I'm so excited to get to it. And we are seeing them again next year. Um, and I am thrilled. Yes, uh, because I <laughs> somehow managed to get six tickets to when we were young. Which, like... <laughs> 
God we, in heaven. We could, we could tell the story Thank you. of how that happened. I um, was, I fully just like, to my actual boss, was just like, I am getting tickets to My Chemical Romance. Do not look at me right now. And was just like sitting in the back room on my phone, like trying to get mm. tickets. And it just was not fucking letting me in. No, that was maybe one of the worst ticket experiences I've ever had. And it I've ticketed was so for- bad. And I ticketed for the original My Chemical Romance reunion tour. And yeah. that was easier than this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because it wasn't, they weren't, when we were young, wasn't using Ticketmaster. They were using, and it wasn't a Live Nation thing either. It was a completely separate, like, third party. What we could, what what, I, what we consider third party because it's not one of, like, the big two yeah. ticket companies going through. <laughs> so, like, they did have a queue system, but it was definitely not as, like, advanced as Ticketmaster's was. And no joke, I think we had, we had me, you, and I think someone else, I forget who was also attempting to get tickets for us. And this was, this was before they announced day two, which I think it's, I think it's scummy that like they fully just didn't announce day two until the demand and like the price gouging, the built-in price gouging that they had. And it's like, obviously they were going to have day two, like obviously, because you can't just say to the artists like, hey, what if we did a day two and expect them all to just be like, yeah, I have nothing else going on in my life. Like, yeah be serious yeah it's shitty i don't like how they run it but like i yeah want to see these bands so like you know what do i do exactly so they had three tiers of tickets general admission vip and the vip plus we're just like fuck it we're just gonna do general admission these tickets are already bonkers expensive enough that this is uh without fees it was like 300 dollars per ticket mm-hmm. which is insane for a one-day festival there this is, is this is what gets me is that they announced day two and it wasn't even like a oh yeah like the ticket that you bought is going to be good for both days because it should be if I'm spending that kind of be. money it should I'm be not for both be days spending six hundred dollars on top of traveling and hotel and food and everything like it's should a be there festival. for two days be serious especially since like by the time they announced day two day one is sold out so like there isn't a way to say like yeah i I just want to go to both days you know like the way that they run it is so fucking stupid and the biggest thing that annoyed me also was besides just like the holding off of day two it's like unless there's enough of a man t heat like you you know what you did you announced bands playing their most famous albums in full of course there's going to be a fucking demand there bands are reuniting for this thing like mm-hmm. the whole reason why we're going is not to see my chemical romance it's to see fucking cobra starship because we know this is the only opportunity we're gonna have to see genuinely cobra ever they're again doing this again like no so like of course there's gonna be demand there but what got me is that they said that this is how much general admission tickets are and obviously there's gonna be more general admission tickets available than any vip or vip plus then you get into the ticket page to purchase. I somehow managed to get through. I was able to get through. Tier one of jail mission is sold out. Tier two is sold out. Tier three is still available. And it's gradually increasing in price for the exact same thing. Yeah. All of general. It was basically like a built in platinum thing that like Ticketmaster. So we all know like the platinum costs for Ticketmaster is when someone gets it, puts a ticket in their cart, realizes how expensive it is releases it back in there and they raise the price up on that ticket because they know that it was in demand yeah that was a built-in thing they did there already so i also did not tell you how many tickets you could buy at once so i'm trying to buy six tickets because we have six people going to trying to go to this thing all together then they tell me that you can only have three you can only buy three tickets at a time after i already had those things in my cart so then tier three goes as i'm trying to sort this out so i'm like shit i can only get three tickets 
So I get through and I pay the exorbitant price of like nearly $400 for the tier four general admission ticket, which is the exact same fucking ticket as the cheaper general admission ones. It's like there, I wish there was a way to like sue these people. Yeah. Cause it's, it's absolutely insanity. Um, we get that through and I'm like, fuck, well, I guess like they're only going to have, we're only going to be able to get three people to go because I'm the only one who was able to get through mm-hmm. because my friend Jam had, uh, their friend um who's going to be coming with us also trying and they and she wasn't able to get through either yeah so then i somehow managed to refresh the page get back in the queue and get in for another set of tickets and then when i got back into the page a second time tier three was back and available it's all just so like oh it's i don't know like what do you do because it's like there's no fucking like legislation around how to sell tickets because Ticketmaster is so fucking powerful so, like, you can't even say, like, hey, guys, set a price, stick to it, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, that, you and just cannot do that. No. So, like, am I pissed that, like, that much money was spent? Yes. Am I happy that six of us are going? Yeah. Yes. I mean, ultimately, is it a good deal? Like, yeah. Because, like, you're, like with the amount of bands that are going to be playing, and it's not just going to be, like, dinky little festival sets. Like, they're playing full albums. So, like, I do feel like it is a decent value. It's just, like, you, you guys really are insane have to for running it like this. Yeah, and it's going to be a case of, like, really having to prioritize which albums you want to see because these albums are being played in full. If you're dividing your time correctly and you're there from the the, the time that the gates open to time the gates close, we're maybe going to see, like, eight sets. Yeah. If we're, if we're really maximizing our time and, like, not bothering to try to get food or drinks or... Or, like, taking, like, rest breaks and just go, go, going. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to be lucky. Yeah. Um. But besides complaining about the price, I'm very proud of myself for being the savior of the broken and the beaten and the damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> and getting uh, the six tickets. I think we're going to end up going with, like, eight people. We're all going to be, like, going in on, a, like, a hotel, like, suite, basically. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've got a couple of friends who are going on day two as well, so... Yeah, so it's going to be split up. We're also going to attempt to see if, like, the prices go down for day two at all. Yeah, because, like, but I, I do want to go to both days, obviously. But, obviously. like, you know, if I can't, I can't. But I'm so excited because we're also deciding to make this, like, a Vegas trip, too. Like, we're not just, like, doing a quick in and out to Vegas. Um, yeah. I've never been. You've never been. Mm-hmm. So we're, like, we, like, fuck it. We've already spending the money, like, this much money to go to the fucking festival, yeah. Let's just let's just actually make a proper trip out of it and just like stay in Vegas for a bit. Yeah. So we we saw the work of the logistics and everything. Um but that will be very exciting. Yeah. We're getting there. It's happening. But the one good thing about like I feel like the logistics of how this how when we were young is working out is that it aligns with a lot of anniversary album tours that have been announced and will probably be announced over the next couple months. Like when we're young, announced that Say Anything was doing is a real boy. And I was like, fuck, that's huge. Like, yeah. that is my favorite Say Anything album. Feelings about Max Bemis aside and, like, all the the shit that he's done over the past couple years, which never – not as egregious as other things that people in this scene have done. Mm-hmm. Let's let's not get that twisted. I, I, I need to see that album live. Yeah. And then uh, they announced that they're doing a whole tour for the 20th anniversary of it, which <gasps> – yeah. That it's a 20th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned me that, bad. like, a little earlier before we, like, started the recording. And I was like, never say that to me again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just said it to you again. Because I was really, like, in 
like middle school science class, like talking about listening to fucking God, what's even the title of that song? Like every man has a Molly and yep. why can't I remember what it's called? I called her on the phone and she touched herself. Oh, wow. I can get sexual too. Yes. Oh my God. Like me and my <laughs> friends at like 12 years old, like talking about listening to wow, I can get sexual too. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> life changing. Yeah. Um, but then they announced that they were doing their own tour for it, and they're playing a venue in Jersey that's nearby me, the Wellmont in Montclair. If you've never been there before, it's like a fairly iconic venue in North Jersey. I was like, sick. I can get this one out of the way. Now, I don't have to worry about putting this on my agenda for when we're young. And that can be a space open for another band. Exactly. I mean, bo- above anything, I am prioritizing seeing Viva La Cobra. Yes. That is the one thing I am that's not compromising like what for. what I am building my life around right now exactly vicky t has been begging for years publicly adding gabriel yeah she's telling him gabe can we have a reunion can we please have a reunion can we play even one show can we please 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 please? i still have all my guitars i still have all my stuff let's go let's go let's go and gabe is like i'm busy running tag music with my garden so i'm gonna go play at midtown yeah more times than i have i'm playing midtown fully just like a billion times yeah like dude you're killing her she's dying please so i i think this was a conference like to get vicky t to be quiet genuinely (laughs) yeah like okay we're gonna do a fucking festival once more and then you know it stops and then speaking of midtown i still have to decide i have tickets to go see them at the wellmont in montclair uh because you know they're from North Jersey. Um, I'm begging I'm you to go North. see them. <sighs> I hope. Okay. So the reason why it's up in the air now, whether or not I'm going to go, it's on Thursday. Some friends are trying to do a draft night for Magic the Gathering. And we've been talking about doing a draft night for like weeks. And if this ends up being the one day that everyone is free before Christmas, I'm going to be so mad um, that one, I'm going to miss it. And then two, that I can't bully Josh into seeing Midtown with me because <laughs> I have two tickets. Um, <laughs> But I'm probably going to go mostly because I am hoping that uh, Gabe will play Party with Jews because it is a Christmaca show. Mm-hmm. So I'm He's really gotta. hoping for that. He's gotta. I'm like the one of like three people that cared about that song. Yeah. <laughs> like, please, please play it. <laughs> we only have so many Hanukkah songs and like the only two good ones are uh, Eight Crazy Nights and Party with Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Any other Hanukkah song is subpar it's either dreidel 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 or some klezmer band that's trying to make a hanukkah classic like, like there's why Christmas aren't there fucking emo hanukkah songs what I are don't we doing know. because first of all there's not enough jews in emo which there should be given the genre mm-hmm. we love complaining and all jews have ever done is complain and suffer um and all it was made emo, for you all the, all emo bands do is complain and suffer and what do we have Max Bemis and Gabe? That's <laughs> there's, it? There's gotta be more than that. Like, there's actually gotta be more than that, because that's, like, like so we, dire. <laughs> like, we know Joe's Jewish, but he's, yeah. he's not singing? No, he's not writing songs about it. I mean, he's got his, uh, he's got that comic that's coming out. All right. But, like... He's got a comic coming out? Yeah. Oh, shit. He's posting about What's it on about? Instagram, like, all the time. I don't know. Oh. Do I Jewish stuff? I don't think I followed. <laughs> Hell yeah. Go off. Jewish emo bands. Uh, it's called The Holy Roller. Jews in Punk Rock? And hang on, who's writing The Holy Roller with him? It's written by Joe Troman and fucking Andy Zamberg. Oh, what the fuck? That's like an insane lineup. So, like, and uh, also a bunch of, like, other 
uh, comic writers, uh, Rick Remender, Roland Boshi. Henry Rollins is Jewish? It's that like, makes so much sense. <laughs> Why like, did I never clock like, that Jeff Rosenstock? That Jeff fucking Rosenstock. Girl, his not, name is like, Rosenstock. <laughs> I don't know. It never What did you think he was? <laughs> I don't know. When it comes to like folk punk, I'm like, yeah, you guys all just like have last names like that and just sound like that. Yeah, true, honestly. <laughs> but I am seeing Jeff Rosenstock. Oh my God, I'm seeing him um, in Jersey City in march also yeah so it's uh holy roller the comic that joe among others are doing is um about a badass jewish guy kicking punching and bowling balling neo-nazis into oblivion it's called holy roller and it's a guy who fights with a bowling ball that's sick as hell super cool name also why did i never clock that carrie brownstein i'm what <laughs> my <I> juice <laughs> is <laughs> like it's taking a what <laughs> i don't know anyway, i don't know how i don't know how you wouldn't know that <laughs> the jews and punk rock uh list page on wikipedia is shockingly short and of course all the people that i did mention are on this list as well mm-hmm. as others that it did not occur to me yeah me without you jewish fuck yeah okay, aaron weiss i should have also clocked that yeah anyway that is to say that like Th- this genre should have far more Jews in it, given mm-hmm. the subject matter. Yeah, that's still not a lot of people. Um, someone did. I just did a cursory look of like Jews and emo, and apparently someone wrote on Hey Alma. Basically, wrote the article that I've been thinking about writing for like years. Mm-hmm. The Yiddish kit of say anything. The quintessential thousand emo band. Say anything wasn't a Jewish rock band. They weren't the phone sex song band either. They also weren't not those things. So yeah. I'm gonna have a fun read through this later because I've had this thesis like bopping around in my head for a while. Also, like say anything eventually did get very explicitly Jewish like later on in their career with Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Hebrews is a great album. Yeah, for the record. I also don't know. I have not looked into Maximus's what's his stance on in the current uh, political climate. So if he ends up being a Zionist, well, then I rescind everything I just said. Yeah. Um, Whoops. Oh, yeah. Um, I hate that I have I to like not, have this. But- I hope not. I also hate that I have to have this disclaimer whenever Doesn't it comes to talking about Jew stuff around like this time of year. Zionism fucking, fucking sucks. Yeah. It's suck- it fucking rotted. It pisses me off because now Jews for Palestine. Anytime I hear someone say like, something like oh there's like rising incidences of anti-semitism it's like well now i have to wonder like is it actually or is it just like someone said that palestinians are allowed to be alive and we are counting that as anti-semitism like you guys literally have made it so that people cannot accurately discuss actual fucking oppression like you're fucking poisoning the well for everyone who's actually taking this seriously like literally fuck off that being said i hope that midtown plays party with jews i do too <laughs> Chris Vicka. that song fucking slaps it is and then what else can we discuss in this cheeky little what stuff haven't we talked about when <laughs> we've been talking about brendan yuri um a couple new songs dropped this year that have been oh, fun not to interrupt you but also this is also why we're going for a weekly schedule next year because we miss talking about actual ongoing stuff when we focus primarily on talking about the history yeah and so. we're planning stuff like weeks in advance we we miss on we miss out on some stuff yeah so anyway Daisy, continue. new songs coming out yeah daisy grenade on the 15th like three days ago uh posted a cover that they've been teasing for a while they did a cover of king for a day by pierce the veil oh fuck yeah featuring casey carlson of deadlands that is a mm-hmm. uh female fronted uh, metalcore band from new york if you have not listened to them, you should because they are really good. I I haven't been, listened to them, and now I will. Yeah, I had been listening to them like on and off for a little bit because a friend of mine like posted 
a song of theirs to their Instagram story. And I was like, this fucking whips. So I was listening to that. And when I saw her show up on this cover, I was like, holy shit. Like, what a crossover. The cover is really good. Their voices are so well suited for it. It is always such a joy for me when I get to hear a woman screaming, doing what I believe they call unclean vocals in the industry. Because I just, I don't get to hear it a lot. Like, I don't know, like, you know, like, I want to hear that more. Yeah, it feels like a a very, I don't want to say like a rage dominated genre, but like a genre that prides itself on performing emotions to such a high degree like Mm -hmm. that and like women should have a higher place in that because i have personally always like since teenagerhood associated womanhood with anger in a pretty major way so like yeah it always just so when everyone started talking about like oh my god feminine rage movies i was like yeah like fucking that's just that's just what it is life get into it or don't but like i've been on this beat for ages and ages uh if it was only in my own mind so i don't know hearing she she also just has like a really good voice like she's got a really good screaming voice listen to deadlands listen to scowl listen to to a lesser extent since there's screaming but like not to the same level that these other bands are doing it uh listen to mannequin pussy just fuck yeah listen to women being angry please and you'll have such a good time. Uh, the King for a Day cover is really good. I will go listen to that after we're done recording. Because I'm yeah, excited to listen to that. Fucking whips. Waterparks also released a new single called Sneaking Out of Heaven. Which, it's a Waterpark song. Yep. That's what I can say about that. It's like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, they. I don't I think-, think they're bad. I just think as they go on longer, I'm like, you're doing something that I don't care about so very much. Yeah, I... I don't really super see the appeal of water parks. Like, I can see the appeal because I will put it on and just, like, listen to it on repeat. And I'm like, yeah, like, I can get why people like this. But I'm also just like, would I say that it's good? No. (laughs) I don't. Okay. I I, I phrased it incorrectly. I should say I understand why people like it. I just think that they should like better things. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's about it. It's like, I don't know. And it's weird because I'm like, I do think that Austin is good at writing. And I do think that he is good at singing. I just think that he is not using those talents to their best potential, which is like obviously subjective. He clearly is happy with what he's doing. It's just like, man, like you could be doing more than like sing talking or like yelling. Like you could you could be singing. And like in their older stuff, you do hear a lot more of like his actual singing. And like I can appreciate like that he clearly likes wordplay and he likes to be funny in his songs. But like, sometimes I'm just like, okay, you're kind of diminishing what you're actually doing by like getting maybe too silly with it at points where like, it just isn't serving the rest of the song to do it. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I mean, the thing is that the line, do you think God knows you've been sneaking out of heaven? Great line. That whips. Really good line. But then the rest of it, I'm just like, eh, okay. Like, (laughs) this isn't good. (laughs) I feel like Waterpark suffers from sounding the same mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't tickle my brain that in the way that it does for other people yeah um because that's been a major criticism of pop punk and emo from the get-go is that like people just make the same song over and over and over again and it sounds the same yeah um which is kind of has always been the biggest complaint about like hopeless and fearless records bands yeah because they do really like it's 
at a certain point, it's like not like, are you doing a different sound? It's like, are you doing the sound that you're doing very well and well enough to stand out from all the other bands that are doing the same thing? Because like, there's a and billion like, fucking bands that sound exactly like All Time Low. Yeah. So what made them stand out? They were just doing it at a technically better degree than the others were. Yeah. And like, to me, it's very hard to distinguish one water park song from another. Mm-hmm. I think either I just don't have the ear for it, which just like, you know, that's opinions are subjective music taste is ultimately subjective and maybe i just don't have the ear for the kind of music that water parks is making for me to be like oh all of these sound completely different the way that i i can listen to like let's say pup pup is another band that would suffer from sounding the same as a on every single song but that's a sound i enjoy hearing more than water parks true so i'm able to tell the difference between like every single song that they put out you yeah, know? fucking love pup. Fucking love pup. I've been like just love like pup. I've been like super lazy about listening to music recently, mostly because like I've just been on my listening to D and D actual play podcast beat mm-hmm. for too long. So if I have like idle music and I'm doing something with my hands or something that doesn't involve reading, I'm listening. I'm here eh, listening to uh, not another D and D podcast. Which hey, if you like D and D actual play shows, listen to Nad Pod. Mm-hmm. That's been a lot of fun listening to them. Uh, it's Emily Axford and Nick. Mer- uh, Brian Murphy. Why did I say Nick Murphy? Brian Murphy. I don't Murphy's, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who Nick Murphy Murph. is. Uh, Murph. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murph's podcast that they do with uh, Jake Hurwitz from Jake and Amir and Caldwell Tanner, who's one of their friends who also does Drawfee. Yeah. Great. Uh, but when I've not been listening to Nadpod, it's been, I've been just throwing on Pup Radio and like, mm-hmm. that's been great. Yeah. Really been enjoying that. Uh, Bloody Mary Kate and Ashley is a fucking banger. That is, it's like my top three favorite pup songs are like bloody mary kate and ashley uh robot writes a love song which i have been subjecting all of my coworkers to every single time i'm in charge of the ox and uh never try which is just like a fucking heart wrenching song like that song kicks my ass it is so good i, I love it i haven't listened to it oh never try is so good the bridge for that like... song is like oh it'll hurt your feelings it'll you gotta make me a playlist of stuff I should be listening to, but I'm not listening to because I'm too busy listening to D&D podcasts. Yeah. My other new bad thing I keep doing instead of listening to music, despite having a music podcast, is I'm now watching people play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, like that's, that's, that's pretty low. Like, hang on. I'm just going to send you, here's, here's the second verse of Never Try, and then I'm going to send you the bridge, and you're going to be like, holy fuck. Also, sorry, I was going to cut this out, but um, I'm in a group chat with um, two of our friends and they're in vegas right now for vacation and their house is sometimes prone to flooding mm-hmm. and josh is taking care of their cat and house sitting and josh got, just got there and apparently the water in the basement is toe deep oh no that's also entirely where uh ryan's entire like office is <gasps> so that's not good and apparently the cat jumped in tuna oh. jumped in the water oh no so tuna and he's a big ragdoll cat so this cat is just so much for wet fuck well so, have fun I, with that josh yeah so i'm seeing if he needs me to come over after we're done recording or not <laughs> that fucking sucks it okay. sucks so bad um all right so you sent me the lyrics of this hold on yeah look at this look at this am i too old to be camping out of my back porch in the suburbs where i was born you never made me happy <sighs> and even when i try i can't recall faces of anyone at all and i've dreamt of you in montreal and places i've never been at all that is like it'll hurt your feelings and like the way he sings it is just like 
why are you doing this to me? Um, Robot Writes a Love Song is also just, like, a very sweet song. It's cute. It's, like, a song about being in love with your computer. It's got the line, um, I'm wearing cargo shorts down in Florida. Uh, it's fully, (laughs) like, if you've ever wanted a love song that's, like, quite explicitly written from the point of view of a guy wearing a Triforce t-shirt, um, this is the one. Um. And I've known too many of those guys. Yeah, but this is it. I still know too many of those guys. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's. It's just such a good song. It's so fun. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I love Pup. Love a love a Canadian band. Yes, love a Canadian band. I'm glad I glad we saw them at adjacent. That was a yeah, lot of fun. They kicked ass. Yeah. Um, and then I think we're gonna probably gonna like head towards the uh, ending of this episode since this will be the last time we like talk to you guys before. 2024, which fucking it's not a real year. It's <laughs> and disgusting. I hate it. Um, so what is your favorite, like, emo winter song? Um, okay. I've got a bunch. Um, let's see. So, obviously, the, um, the My Chemical Romance cover of All I Want for Christmas. It's the superior version. the, it's the top tier, top tier Christmas song. Beautiful. Love to hear it. So good. Um, there's a ton of songs on that album. I think it's called Gift Wrapped. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was off that album. I, I always had assumed that this cover had just, like, come out of the ether somewhere. And, like, it was, like, lost media. Yeah, no, this is also where um, the Jack's Mannequin Christmas song comes from. The Lights and Buzz. Oh, shit. Beautiful song, Christmas in California. Oh, there's a song on this album called When Is Hanukkah This Year. That's nice. Oh, shit. Reliant K has a Christmas song on this album. Of the course. Used has a Christmas song on this album. Aria Daph- is on here, too. Yeah, there's, like, a ton of fucking bands on there. Um, Daphne Loves Derby has, like, a bunch of older songs, like, set around Christmas time. I think they've got a song called Christmas Lights that I always really liked. Um, they've also got another song called Come Winter that I really like. If you haven't listened to Daphne Loves Derby, please do. That's a... I haven't. Listen to Daphne Loves Derby. The, um... (laughs) So I did a cover of one of their songs in high school at our, like, one of our coffee house things. It's called Cue Mm -hmm. the Sun. It was fully about contemplating suicide. And I was like, what if I played this at school? Um, they've got a bunch of songs. Yeah, they've got a bunch of songs on this album. Uh, Good Night, Witness Light, that are kind of named after Truman Show lines. So good. The main also has a song called Mr. Winter. (laughs) Also, I I, I mean, (laughs) they have their whole holiday EP they put out in 2008. Yeah. Uh, Ho, ho, hopefully. hopefully. (laughs) Song of all time. Such a good song. Such a, such a fucking bop. What's what's that album called? Santa Stole My Girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. It's just like their, their holiday EP they put last out. Last Christmas, it's called "And a Happy New Year." Yes, that um, one's also really good. Um, the Taking Back Sunday cover of Twelve Days of Christmas, as they because they do their holiday show at Starland every single year, and they've yes. been doing it for like I want to say like six or seven years at this point, and I've never gone. You gotta go because because I'm always busy. Because when. They get to Piper's piping. Adam Lazara says, "Like laying pipe," and it's just worth hearing. Like you just of have course. to hear him say it. <laughs> what um, else is a good one? I mean, uh, Fallout Boy. Obviously, like Fall that, that goes without saying. And they played "You'll Shoot Your Eye Out" as a eight ball song. Yeah, beautiful. Love "You'll Shoot Your Eye Out." So good. They also did a cover of "What's This" for a 
Oh, yeah. Uh, for that, the, like, Nightmare Before Christmas cover album. Yes. Where we have, um, what's the other? Because that, the Panic of the Disco cover of This Is Halloween is so yeah. fucking good. Um, I think Marilyn Manson has a song on there. Um, Fiona Apple did a cover of Sally's song, I think, which was really good. Yeah. And then, uh, I forget who did, ja- I think it, who did Jack's Lament? I think it was, all I know is that that version is really good. Hold on, Jack's Lament. Yeah cover it was oh it was all american rejects okay that's what i thought oh, it was oh yeah i bet tyson tyson ritter ate that up yeah when speaking of tyson ritter i don't know if you saw this whole like thing going on where apparently like ai i don't know who is in charge of doing it they're doing it without artist permission where they're ai enhancing older music videos and like they did Sorry? it to all american rejects uh moving along moving along and like they did it without permission like tyson ritter was like who the fuck did this you did like not have the right to do this. Altered the vocals? Not altered the vocals, but like visually enhanced them to look better, like a remaster almost oh. using AI. Oh, but like God. no what? one, with no one like was consulted the, about it. Like with the shitty interpolation or whatever to make it look yeah. like fucking, I don't know, like 60 frames per second, which we didn't have in 2007. Yeah, and like or trying whatever. to like, trying to sharpen things and stuff nasty, like that. Nasty work. Yeah, nasty and fucking like, work. No. And like they, I think in uh, the enhanced version or whatever, like Tyson Ritter accidentally gets like six fingers, and <gasps> it because of course. No, I mean the thing is about music videos that came out in that era; they're supposed to look like shit. I don't want to see them look good. That's not yeah, what I they're need, for. I need the I need the crust. I like, need the patina. <laughs> they are in a fucking like four by three aspect ratio. It's like two frames per minute, and we say thank you. Like, that's what it is. That's what I want. Stop trying to fix it because you're not fixing it. You're making it worse. Like, I want I it to be it. bad. I hate it. It's like when they, like, SM, everyone's about does a remaster of when they older songs. And I'm, sh- and I'm sure they're using the exact same, like, technology to enhance it that, like, American, all American readers got hit with in their stuff to make it look better but like replay by shiny shouldn't look like that no at this it should point look like it was filmed with the potato at this point reshoot the video entirely and yeah. let them all look old like just stop it i'm over it also like remastering any like older shiny song period just feels so gross because like even if yeah all four of them that are alive now are like yeah we're cool with it jung hyun can't say that he's cool with it so like yeah it feels put it back on the shelf leave it alone and like exactly. and i also don't think that shiny would ever do that in the first place no so. at all i think that they would prefer to have their work stand on its own like they i don't know that just doesn't seem like something they do especially with how often they talk about like the older eras of their music and revisit them without like making any big alterations like it's just like they're proud of that. Like, let it be. Let us know if you eventually want, like, if we ever get a Patreon or something like that, if you want, like, the alt podcast that we do that's about K-pop, let us know. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're into talking about K-pop every single episode. But it's thematically relevant every single time. It is. Um, it really the is. The other Christmas song that I forgot that I loved so much until I Googled emo christmas songs to remind myself because i'm guys to be perfectly honest i'm running on like fumes right now i'm so tired <laughs> my brain is not working um my christmas list by simple plan i forgot how fucking good that song is i've never heard it i've i've never heard that song okay hold on because <laughs> it includes uh some of the greatest lyrics ever written let me just look them up real quick because 
where's the line they mentioned like for some reason my head is providing me with their song when they go like god must hate me just before eternity but that's not this song um <laughs> it's uh oh someone take me away or give me a time machine to make to take me straight to midnight i'll be all right i want a girl in my bed who knows what to do a playstation 2 and i'm like no what? Oh. why was that lyrics so relatable to me before Don't I realize that, <laughs> like that's <laughs> like same Pierre. I understand. Pierre, I would also fucking love a PlayStation Two and a girlfriend. Like we would all love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like every single bi so girl real, and like lesbians, like gamer lesbian shit. I want a PlayStation Two right now. <laughs> Do you not have one? I have a PlayStation Three, and I use it exclusively to play PlayStation Two games. Know what? Yeah, that's exactly what you're supposed to do with that. <laughs> like, I am on my PlayStation 3, like, hell yeah, let's play some fucking Shin Megami Tensei Digital Devil Saga. They're never remastering this. So Hold I'm on, just gonna... Put I put you on mute. Oh, I'm on mute. Are you I, dropped on- my, I dropped my phone and accidentally muted you. Oh, I couldn't hear you either. Yeah. What were you saying? <laughs> PlayStation 2? Yeah, I just get on there to play Digital Devil Saga. Because they're never going to remaster it, so I just played on my PlayStation Three. <laughs> That's the, I'm, just, yeah. I'm I'm in there playing old ass Shin Megami Tensei games. No, yeah, it's the reason why to to still have a PlayStation Three. I mean, like, I still have a PlayStation Two. Yeah, I have it to play like Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three, and if I want like the crunch of original Kingdom Hearts One, yeah, <laughs> like I'll do that. You need to be playing the old Shin Megami Tensei games too. Like you need to be playing. Everyone has to play Digital Devil Saga because it's the Shin Megami Tensei game where you are in an MMO that is also Samsara and you are also cannibals. And there's gay people. Hell yeah. Shocking. We haven't had actual gay people in an Atlas game in how long? No, because listen, after like this period of time, this was like right around after Persona 2 came out, they switched teams almost entirely. So they had new artists, they had new directors, they had new writers. These new writers do not want gay people in their shit. (laughs) Persona 2 is the game that everyone talks about wanting because there's canon gay people. You can actually date a boy in this and you can also have a girl protagonist who is canon to the game. She's not like an alternate protag. She is an integral part of the game. And then they were like, okay, new team. And this new team was like, we don't think women and gay people are people. Get fucked. You can date your teacher though. So that's why Persona games are bad now. But Persona 5 is also a great game. But That's also, it's thing. a bad game. It's a great game, but I do hate it. But I also love it. It's the same thing with, like, P4 and P3. Bad yeah. game, but also a great game. Great game, yeah. but also super duper bad. <laughs> That's... That's the thing whenever people are like, should I play Persona 4? And I'm like, yeah, I, I really like it. Um, I do think it's one of like the more homophobic and transphobic things I've ever read. And it is primarily about upholding the status quo and never, ever challenging what society or your parents want from you. But despite, you know, the whole um, thesis behind Persona games. Yosuke is there, so you know. I, what are you supposed to fucking do? The thing is that Yosuke is gay, but he's also like extremely homophobic. And I was talking to a friend, and I was saying like, "No, I was about to say it was like, no, it, who's like that? George Santos, truly." And I was saying like, <laughs> Yosuke is the George Santos of these games, except like say he that. doesn't know that he's gay yet. So he's mm. like, and we were saying like, everyone is chasing the high of this like character who is obviously closeted and obviously in love with the protagonist but like doesn't have the vocabulary to talk about it and won't come out and is homophobic and everyone wants to write a character who is that complicated and that interesting and has that much to chew on but you can only do it by accident and you can only be do it by being like a true 
dyed-in-the-wool homophobe. So, like, the people who actually want to write a Yosuke are never going to do it because they don't actually hate gay people. Like, you have to hate gay people to be able to write Yosuke. That is, like, the true tragedy of all of the Persona games. <laughs> Is that everything good they've done has been so completely by accident and has been rooted in such genuine bigotry. <laughs> but I still keep playing them. So let us know if you want a video game podcast from us, too. <laughs> <laughs> and Yosuke canonically listens to Nickelback, so there's me tying it back into there we the go. actual, we the actual podcast. I, I took us back <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. We'll go on tangents, but we'll always bring it back to you what yeah, this podcast he's, is about. He's and that got is a, like a bunch of, He's got like a ton of vinyls on his wall, and one of them is like uh, Nickelback's... One of Nickelback's albums. Hang on. Which one is it? Nickelback Yosuke. Let me Google it. <laughs> yeah, he's got... It's fully just like a Yosuke CD. Uh, Yosuke CD. Um, yeah, so true. He's got a Nickelback album, and he's got a Linkin Park album. I was about to say, like, there better be a Linkin Park album on there. And he's that also feels like that makes more <laughs> sense than looking back. <laughs> he's also got the uh, 2008 Grammy nominees compilation CD. Huge slay. <laughs> like just what a fucking loser. Uh, I love this man so much. He's absolute garbage, and I do hate him. What well, can you do? What brought us here? <laughs> PlayStation Two. Simple plan. Yeah. All right. Back on track. Yeah. Let's um, go. Christmas songs. Christmas Hanukkah songs. songs. Hey, if you have, tell us. Okay. Audience engagement. We're trying that out in the new year. Mm-hmm. We're doing a test run now. I've yeah. asked you to do this once already this pod. Let us know what your favorite emo winter song is by adding us on Twitter at SoEmoPod. And maybe one day we'll come with a hashtag. We were good at this with our last podcast that we, we had. What happened? I don't know. The <laughs> we world has like, changed. We were just like, this time we're like, this is for us. Yeah. <laughs> this is not for other people. <laughs> the world is just so different now yeah if you want to know like the chloe and ria lore uh we used to have a fairly successful homestuck reread podcast that we should like fully shit the bed on <laughs> uh because we both yeah. got really busy and just like stopped wanting to do it also fell apart a tiny bit <laughs> at, like ex- at the exact same time our lives fell apart yeah. um and that was just what 2016 was like mm-hmm. uh or was it two- no? It was like 2018. Uh, I think 2017, we did 2018. 2018. We had no we idea it? what was to come. No, like just that not was- a clue. <laughs> no, <laughs> we had. Oh yeah. Also, like, turns out when you're trying to make a podcast rereading um a one of the longest pieces of English literature ever mm-hmm. written, it's hard. <laughs> so, yeah. But we it's were pretty like, good about using hashtags then for like discussions and stuff. And yeah, we th- this time we were like, we don't want your opinion. This is yeah. our time. This is our <laughs> special podcast. I do want to hear everyone's opinions, though. I can never yeah, get that, enough. I love hearing opinions. I just forgot that we need to ask people for them for them yeah. to give it to them to us. So add us on SoEmoPod. Eventually, we will come up with a hashtag for you yeah. to you know send us your opinions and like live tweet our podcast if that's a thing that you're inclined to do. Yeah. But yeah, that's your homework assignment, telling us your favorite holiday emo song. And I do want to hear your favorite holiday emo song. I want to hear all of them. The thing is that I don't like Christmas music, but I do Yeah, enjoy... no, I probably, like, really dislike Christmas carols at this point in my life. The only ones that I like are the really, um, like, depressing Catholic ones. Like, Well, that's just, like, 
that's like you hit like Gregorian chant and you're like this fucks like the ones that like Sufjan Stevens will do a cover of like him singing like Rejoice Emmanuel I'm like yeah oh yeah you want like that's the, the, the Christmas songs that are like legit about like the nativity scene <laughs> I want the ones versus that are- like Santa Baby yeah I don't want Little Drummer Boy though that one is canceled that one is done I can't no, hear that, that one, one does suck I no want- one Christmas album I really like uh annie lennox has a christmas song oh i album love that her. she did it's really good it, like that's like a classic one also the jethro tull christmas album no that's also a really good no one. no we know how well, i feel about the jethro fucking... tull christmas album i can't listen like, to that sometimes you have bad opinions <laughs> i can't like, listen really, to that like, shit really fucking bad opinions and like the worst take you've ever had is not liking jethro <laughs> I, tull i can't <laughs> listen to the jethro tull christmas album i hate it so bad it's and when so I, good when i worked at a record store one of my coworkers would like do absolute daily psychological torture to me by like as soon as i came in he'd be like jethro tull Christmas and I was like can we please please listen to Sufjan and he was like no no it's this and I was because does Sufjan have flutes of like a I don't want him to break down I don't want him to have a flute breakdown I don't want him to have a flute breakdown I don't want to I don't want any of it I don't want any of it this is I know this is the worst thing about me I know it (laughs) but like I can't do it I can't do it I just like I'll happily listen to a flute when it's in, like, one of my gay little sea dramas. I will happily listen to fucking... So wildly unrelatable. You know, like, I'll listen to Wei Wuxian play his little flute for the entire rest of my life. I can't listen to Jethro Tull do it. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's I just... Uh, but if we had a five-disc player in that store, and I would put on all five discs of Sufjan's Christmas album, because his Christmas album is a box of five discs and i would just be like here we go this is what we're listening to just really depressing christmas music yes that's it we're listening to him sing angels we have heard on high that's it that's it that's fair it's over he's good that stuff i'm so tired uh, that one guy who's like yeah like i'm gay but i'm also catholic so like this is what we're listening to (laughs) yeah that makes sense i'm so sorry guys like my my i'm zoning out i've had to it's bedtime. Also, <laughs> like, I saw Sleep No More a couple nights ago for the first time, and they were not lying. That, that you will sleep not sleep no more. No fucking more. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, like, two, like, absolutely dog shit nights of sleep in the past two nights in a row, and, like, last yeah. night was real rough. So Go I'm running on fumes. I'm going to, like, walk out of my office because my office has no windows since we pitch black outside. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> when yeah. It, when it was, like, fully, finally sunny after it's been storming all day today. I like it was finally sunny that I walked in here and I'm going to walk out there. It's going to be dark. I just turned around and looked at my window because it was light out when I came down here and it is midnight right now. However, so. uh, this episode will probably go out on the winter solstice. That's no, the day before. We'll see. The new upload day is going to be on Thursdays anyway. So like I'm giving myself the leeway of it might come out on Wednesday. It might come out on Thursday. Yeah. Who knows? Um, But we're so close to the solstice. We're almost there that we're like gonna be clawing our way out of seasonal depression real soon yeah so i'm so yeah. i'm dragging myself out we're gonna make it through this year if it kills us <laughs> and by this year i mean daylight savings time yes <laughs> christ so yeah uh i hope thank you so much for spending your past like little bit of, i know we started this podcast formally in march but like thank you so much for spending this year with us yeah um this is, of course, like the trial beginning stages of this podcast for this year. We're really excited for the listenership that we do have. You guys have been super duper supportive. Thank you so much. We're super duper stoked to 
bring you more episodes of more from different varieties of different things. I'm just like having fun with it next year. I'm really excited about it. So from ours to yours, have a happy holiday season. Have a happy new year. And here, dear God, here's hoping 2024 is better. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) And again, if you like what we do here, please rate and review us on us on your podcast of choice subscribe follow whatever the fuck t- terminology the websites use to get updates when this podcast goes live and follow us on so emo pod on twitter and instagram so yeah thank you so much happy holidays everyone au revoir kung fu grip kung fu grip as so- you can see i had to use my uh, judo on gerard yeah i see that gerard's actually gone to pieces here during this interview sometimes it happens i just well- got so emo i fell apart that's what actually happened you got that sad? Hey, everybody. It's me, Ken. I use she and him pronouns. Uh, and I'm here to talk about clowns. The anime slash manga, Ken Ashra. I am ready to talk about some animorphs. Roma, have you ever heard of the <gasps> art movement of Dadaism? Interest in a musician group called Exociety? It's Yu-Gi-Oh. The brainworm that I would like to deliver you to you today is um, Gundam and or Gunpla. I became aware of a series of novels that people told me about called Discworld. Hey, Lewis, what are we talking about? Aragorn. Aragorn! Welcome to the Hyperfixation, where we invite our friends onto our show to tell us about what they're excited about so we can acquire an approximate knowledge of many things. New episodes out every Wednesday morning and up to five days early for patrons. Normalize info dumping and learn something new with us today thanks to the Moonshot Network.